What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cage My IQ. As always, I'm your host, D-Bake. And joining with me today is a buddy of mine taking the spot of uh, Jim for the week. Jim had a personal issue to take care of this weekend. So I got my buddy NJ Insight joining with me. Uh, what's going on, Insight? Uh, you know, just enjoying my summer. And uh, on Twitter, check my timeline at, uh, at NJ MMA Insight. I'm arguing with all the Connor fanboys that uh, have now changed Connor's. Uh, he before he was the goat and most pinpoint. Now he's the toughest. Just so yeah. you guys all know, that's how the Connor dudes are all about. He's the toughest, and I try to work with them because I know that they love him, and I know love is blind. He bake. so I'm trying. I try not to be too harsh with them, but I always have to kind of get into it. So if you like somebody scolding some Connor fans or messing with them, get on my timeline and. Uh, you know, also shout out to Jersey MMA, These the Jersey boys. I got their gear. I'll be getting your gear. I'll lead right into your segment on your gear. But these guys are www.jerseyboysmma.com, rocking their shirt today. So, they'll, you know, they can enjoy seeing it on somebody on TV. So there you go. Yep. But uh, how about you tell everybody about yourself and where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah. So, you know, um, again, at NJ MMA Insight uh, is where I'm at on Twitter. Uh, I've been watching MMA since the late 90s, I attended a lot of the shows in the early 2000s when it was banned from Vegas. Met a lot of the fighters back in the day before it was the dark ages uh, when Dana White was skinny and had a gap in his teeth. I was in those <laughs> at those shows at Taj Mahal. Um, you know, watch every card, almost the uh, main UFC card. Still trying to get into the minor leagues a little bit. Uh, I cover uh, some MMA on uh, MMA buds, we have the the rush hour MMA. We got, I do cover the the Bell Tour with uh, with him, Jay Smooth, one of the most positive guys on Twitter. Um, I do some cameos on on shows like yours, and uh, just trying to have fun with it. You know, be positive and uh, you know give people some of my insight on uh, what I've watched over you know over twenty five years. And a lot of people just got into this five years ago. So not going to tell them how, what to think, who to like, but I'll tell you what I like and what I think. So, yep. But uh, before we get into uh, today's uh, topic which is uh the the preview for the saturday's uh fight card as everybody knows this is cage my iq the best place for mma content you can follow us on instagram twitter youtube and twitch at the handles to the left we have now partnered up with uh art of mma to form the fighters first network as you can see to the left so just go to the youtube page right there at the the youtube handle there subscribe to it hit us up with some comments and then like all videos on there. We'd appreciate it. And as, as always, I, I talked about this past couple weeks, we now have merch now. So all you got to do to get the merch is go to www.fightersfirst.shop. Scroll down to the cage, my IQ collection. We have uh, three shirts. It's basically one shirt with three different styles. It's normal vintage and old school and then we got a hoodie out now too so if you want to get a hoodie ready for the fall you're an mma fan you like the podcast go get the the hoodie now let us know what you think and then if you let us know hit us up that you got one of our merch i will shout you out on monday for the recap video i'll give you a nice little shout out for uh supporting the show but uh, let's get started with the with the main topic right here on here. It is the UFC Ooh. Fight Night Vegas 32 preview, which is headlined by San Hagen versus Dillashaw. This was supposed to be taking place a couple months ago, 
but Dillashaw got a cut above his eye, so he had to postpone this, and this is going to be the main event this Saturday. Uh, just a little uh, tidbit. Uh, what what did you think of this fight card when it was announced, uh, basically a couple weeks ago, when they got the whole thing lined up and everything in itself? So, um, you know, I just I was looking at it actually a couple of days ago. I didn't even look at it back then, but I really like it actually for a free yeah. card. Uh, you know, Sandhagen, you know, is, a, is an exciting guy. Uh, you know, we get to see what TJ looks like without drugs, um, which should be interesting. Uh, Lad Lad versus Macy's good fight. Uh, I don't know Ka- this Kyler Phillips guy, but he looks like an up and comer. Elkins Elkins and uh, mine look like guys that both need wins, so that's always a good fight when guys need wins. And the, the, I'm really excited about the Maverick Barber fight, actually. So that's an exciting fight, like two really young uh, fighters, you know. And Barber's, of course, had injuries and 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 disappointment. And Maverick's just been on the ascent up. And then my, my Jersey guy, you're from Jersey, I'm from Jersey, my, my dude, Mickey Gall, who I, you know, I've been tweeting out. I'm not sure why he's still in the UFC, but, you know, he's still in the UFC. So, you know, I, we'll tune in. But I, I like the card. Plus, my, my my girl, Elise Reed, is on the card from from uh, from right a couple towns over from me. Uh, and she actually is the coach of my little cousin, who's 24, who's been uh, doing some MMA. So I'm excited to see her fight. I watched a couple of her fights in, in the Cage Fury. Cage, Cage is a Cage Fury she was in? Yeah, CFFC. Cage Fury. And, uh, I watched her last fight. It was really exciting. So, uh, fight fans, if you haven't seen her fight, I'm going to talk about her a little more when you lead into that. But uh, I'm pretty excited to, to watch her fight. I should be calling her fight on um, on MMA, on the Rush Hour MMA. I, he's going to have me on just for her fight for the prelims about 5 o'clock on Saturday. So, I, I like this card. What, I mean, what are your thoughts? I like it. No, I, I agree with you. Like that, those were a couple of the the prelim fights that uh, that I wish that we were going to be talking about uh, today. But I'll just mention that since uh, you are a fan of her and then you know her, uh, she it, she technically right now is still the CFFC. I think Adam Weight Champion. Yeah, and she's going to be moving up two weight classes uh, to go into the UFC to fight Sajar Eubanks and yep. like. I, I'm I'm a fan of hers. I don't know if she's gonna win the belt just because the the height difference, and then the fact that she's moving up two weight classes, so that that could have an effect on her. But I told people uh, uh, basically the past couple of days she is tough as shit. Yep. She's gonna be hard to submit, which is the thing for you, Banks. And I do think that uh, the third round would go to uh, uh, to. Uh, uh, read because Eubanks has a gas tank issue. Exactly. So, uh, so I think for right now for, with that one, I think it's going to be 29-28 Eubanks, mm-hmm. but anything could happen after that first round. Right. So. so let me let me give you some, like, you know, so my little cousin, I hit him up, I gave him this, the, the, she's a, a minus 290, or a plus what, two, she's a plus two, 290 on yeah. DraftKings. And he's like, I might, he doesn't bet. He's like, I might make my first bet. Obviously, he's partial, I'm partial. Yeah. You're the part, you know, I made you partial to her. But I got to tell you, in, in the Cage Fury, he's been telling me for a while about her that they put her against the girl that whatever, whatever, wherever she's fighting, like whatever uh, promotion she's fighting for, they put her in there to like lose to like the person they want to win. Like, like some like good looking girl or like some girl who's like they want to promote and she comes in and blows it up. Like she comes in and beats the girl and then that person that they wanted to promote has gone now, you know? So um, Eubanks, uh, you know, I told my cousin, if, if she can get past the first couple minutes with her, two minutes or so, and the size isn't a problem, then she'll win the fight. I think if she, if she, if she's getting manhandled early, 
I can't see her it stopping just because again, like the weight you're talking about. But she has more skills than Eubanks. You can't deny that. It, yeah. It's so it's solely a, a weight issue uh, in this fight. And if if uh, if she can if, if if it's not an issue, if it's not an issue like we think it will be, or you think it will be as well, then I think she wins. I think she'll win the fight. It, it all depends if the weight is an issue, though. Yeah, that that and then the takedown defense. She hasn't been the best. Uh, defend the takedown. So if if, if she gets taken down several times, I think that Eubanks can just win by holding her down on the ground for the first two rounds. But if she can have any bit of takedown defense in the fight, it'll look good for her keeping the fight standing because her she has UFC uh, quality striking, and that's something Eubanks doesn't really have. Well, she has ask, more of the, the, the grappling. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like Eubanks is a couple of fights I've seen. She's been on her feet a lot, though, standing. I don't know if it yeah. was because of the person's takedown defense or she chose to bang. I know she has power, like, but it's like winging power. It's like uh, Francis power. You know, it's like a, you know, it's not pinpoint, it's not yeah. combination. It's more like, I'm like know, a maker. Like a looping, looping yeah. uh, that, that goes wide. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, I agree. But like, I, I think it's going to be a really nice fight. I think it's yeah. listed second on the card. I think the first fight is Goldie and uh, Belbita. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a really nice early fight. Definitely check that out. Uh, insight wanted to come on and give his insight on that before yeah. we break check down. Check out Elise, baby. Check yeah, her out. Break Elise down please. this, uh, this main card. But if you want to talk to uh, Insight afterwards, definitely hit him up. Follow his page at New Jersey Insight. Check it out, and then yeah. uh, talk to him about that fight since he has the inside information. But uh, let's let's get started with the with the main fight breakdown that we have going here. The first fight that we have is your New Jersey boy, and uh, we got a welterweight matchup between uh, Mickey Gall, who comes in at six and three, and is the plus one sixty underdog going up against Jordan Williams, who is nine and four. And is the minus one ninety favorite? Uh, what do you th- see in this matchup? So I have Jordan Williams. I'm going to take him. Uh, well, I haven't liked what I've seen from Gall in his last few fights. Um, just so you know, like a guy that I coach wrestling with, his younger brother wrestled Gall. Gall was wrestling for Watchung Hills, and my my buddy's brother wrestled for uh, Central. My buddy's my buddy's brother wrestled at Virginia Tech for a year, but yeah. he uh, pinned him in like thir- a minute thirteen or something, like roughed up Gall. And uh, like you know, like I feel like. You know, he I don't know if he has some kind of contract with Dana White or what, but like I feel like he because he beat CM Punk for some reason he's allowed in off of some real bad performances. Yeah. So I'm going I'm going Jordan Williams, just that I don't think Mickey Gall is really good uh, at this. So I mean that's where that's where I'm at. I don't see an upset. I see Gall losing again. Um and uh that's that's where I'm at. Okay, I got my notes that I got right here that I give out yeah, every week. Yeah, I got Mickey Gall. He's coming in with he's improved his striking. He's staying stiff when fighting at times. He likes to go for the jab oh, yeah. and left hook when people try to get inside of him. And he tends to telegraph his strikes a little too much. He uses a nice body kick versus southpaws. He's well known for his grappling. He likes to go for single leg takedowns and tends to stall if he doesn't get it right away. When the fight gets to the ground, that's his bread and butter. He is good at taking his opponent's backs, and he likes to go for side control when he's in top guard. He has poor takedown defense, and he doesn't have the best uh, gas tank. Usually, if he can last the the first round and a half, then he starts to tire out, and then you'll be able to take over if you have a really good gas tank. So if you can 
manage to storm early, it's going to look good for you at the end. And then right. you got Jordan Williams. He's moving down to 170 for the first for the first time. He he has like a an issue. Uh, I think uh, he where he basically he wasn't going to cut weight because of his medical issues. Uh, but he decided I guess he decided that he was going to try and uh, move down for this fight and cut weight. So he's moving down to 170. He is a southpaw who tries to walk his opponent down and uses his straight left hand. He tends to overextend on his straight hand and his uh, left hook at times and has a bad habit of dipping at times when he, he tries to avoid feints, so he leaves himself open for damage. He goes for single-leg takedowns but has a habit of sticking his neck out when he goes for it, so a lot of fighters try and use that to their advantage and try to hit him while he's going for the uh, takedown. His chin is really good, and he has a great takedown defense, but he takes too much damage in his fights. I think with this uh, matchup, it kind of has a little bit of, uh, of both sides to where they both have uh, things in front of them. Yeah. First, you, first, you got Jordan Williams. With him having a great takedown defense, it, it, it's going to negate basically Mickey Gall's uh, uh, takedowns. I think he's going to be able to stuff them and keep the fight standing. But then on the flip side, even though Jordan Williams is probably the better striker, on paper, Mickey Gall has a more crisp, uh, like punches, like he, like that he gets off faster. And yeah. so, I think at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be a close fight, and I think that's where the the gas tank's going to come into play, and that's why I'm going to lean twenty nine to twenty eight Jordan Williams by decision. Uh, I do think there's a chance that they could finish Gall in the third round. Yeah. But I just think because of the gas tank, I think Gall's going to put a lot in early. He's going to take the first round, and then the second round, the first half he'll take, but then he'll tire out. Then Jordan Williams would steal that second round, and then he'll wind up taking the third uh, round with uh, a single leg takedown. I mean, it's cool you think his stand-ups improve. I, I, golf stand-ups hard for me to watch, so yeah. I hope you're right about that because it's like it's been not good. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. We both picked Williams though, so that we're. we're it's, yeah, it, it's like any improvement is good improvement for Gall with the striking. So true. that's basically what I'm saying. All right. But uh, let's move on to the second fight that we got on this uh, main card. It's a women's uh, flyweight matchup. It's Penn Maverick, who is 11 and 2 and is the minus 130 favorite going up against our opponent, Macy Barber, who is 8 and 2 and is the plus 110 underdog. How do you feel about this matchup? Yeah, so you know, Ma when Maverick came in her first fight, I was like, all right, yeah, she's okay, you know. And then I, I think she's like you said, improvement. Like you're talking about Gall, Miranda, yeah. Miranda has really improved, I think, um, in her couple of fights in the UFC. Um, Barbara, of course, when she was undefeated, was like the hype train, you know, the Sean O'Malley. I mean, not in that way, but like looked yeah. at as like the next big thing, and then she blew her knee out in the one fight. Um, you know, and look. Like in some sports, you need to have like you know like Eli Manning and the Manning boys have big bones. They can play quarterback. Like so does like Tom Brady. Like they could take hits. Like like I feel like Barber and like Sean O'Malley. They might this might be a sport where their bodies are just and my body's I'm, I got thinner bones too. Like not made for MMA. I don't think. And I think maybe Barber like Maverick is made for it. Like I feel like her body type is built for MMA. Yeah, Barber I think is probably like like has some more skills possibly, but. I think Maverick is like it's like a it's like a 
it's like an F-150 versus like uh, um, maybe, maybe a Kia Stingray. I just got you know, the Stingray's got some speed and fast, but you know, if it, hit, if it gets touched up by the Ford F-150, you know, it, you know, the F-150 is going to win that battle. So I got Maverick uh, winning the fight by decision. Um, but there's always a chance that uh, she grinds Barber down and I think she could finish her on the ground, but you know, Barber is very skillful. Like this is, a, this was a rookie of the year type person. So if she can regain it, then she's, she'll be in the fight, but I got Maverick. So go, yeah. get, get, you get to your notes, D bag. Yeah. I got uh Macy Barber. She is a Southpaw who's aggressive and has average striking. She has wild box and intends to throw looping shots. She likes to come forward and throw hooks. She has slow leg kicks that are telegraphed and easily countered at times. She has a great clinch game where she throws knees and elbows to the body and face. Her takedown, uh, her takedown average, but she's really good on top guard when she gets her opponent down. She tends to be aggressive on top and likes to use elbows to the face. She's instinctive and powerful but she has a bad habit of leaning back with with her chin in the air to avoid shots. Then you got Miranda Maverick, who's a southpaw who has clean boxing hands that allows her to throw good combinations. She tends to finish every combination with a leg kick and try, likes to mix in straight elbows from a range. She tries to make it sure she has a lot to go with her from the striking standpoint. Her kicks usually are telegraphed with how she moves her hips, and she uses a lot of feints. She can be weak against fighters in the clinch. She has below-average takedown defense and needs to work on her back. She has very good takedowns where she goes for double-leg takedowns and uses a reactive double to set up a straight hand at times. She needs to improve cage presence since opponents have easy time pushing her against the fence, but she's been working on it time to time and then i think that it could be something that she could try and so showcase in this matchup i think the big thing with this matchup is going to be with macy barber you, you mentioned it basically with her blowing out her knee uh, against uh, uh roxanne modafferi uh which basically she did that early on and then that yeah. basically put her out of the fight i think she came into the alexa grasso fight kind of scared at first but then it's like you see her in the first two rounds, and she she basically was shadow boxing. She right. was that far away, and she wasn't doing anything. But then the third round, she came alive, and she started to pick apart uh, Grasso. But it was the situation where it was like a little too late. She right. knew she was going to lose. And it's like if you saw that, that whole fight, she would have dominated Grasso because I felt like she just had it all. With the when she was when she attacks her opponent, that's what she's best at attacking her opponent just head on going after them, not this technical style that she was sh showing. But is she made for that? Like, will yeah. she be able to? Will her body yeah. hold up to that style? Because that, that is the F 150 style, and I don't, I'm not sure she's made to that's her best way, yeah, I guess, but. I don't know if she if she's meant to do that, and maybe that's why she didn't do that versus Grasso early. Yeah. She obviously had, you know, in her head was tentative, right? And that's yeah. why she didn't get going until too late. Well, that happened again, and Maverick is not the person to do that verse. She's 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 better than Grasso, I think. You know, she's she's built tough. So, so are you going to go with the upset though, D Bank? What are you no, 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 no. Like she should be in the position 
to uh, cause a big threat uh, with uh, Maverick. But I think she's not the type of person that fully listens to her coaching staff that okay. she has there. Like you look, you hear him spit out like uh, like notes and stuff to do, especially in the UFC Apex when there's no fans around. So you hear what they're saying. And right. then that's that's where they fought, uh, uh, like she fought Grasso, and they were like, "You got to get in there, got to get in there," and she did yeah. it. Right. And I feel like at the end of the day, the one weakness that uh, Maverick has is the takedown defense is bad, and I don't think Barbara's going to go for those takedowns. I just don't think right. she will, and I think it's going to keep standing, and that's why I think Miranda Maverick is going to win this. I think she might even eh, like sprinkle in a little bit of takedowns on herself because once uh, Maverick gets Barbara down, yeah, she's very good on top. And I don't think that uh, Barbara's going to have anything uh, for it. I think I got Miranda Maverick by uh, unanimous decision. I think she's going to win the first two rounds. And then just because we know how Barbara is when she's down 2-0, mm -hmm. she's going to come in with the game plan that she should come in from the start and then she's going to steer that third round. But I think it's not going to matter, and it's going to be two to one, uh, Miranda Maverick. Yeah, and, that, and that's a disappointing, uh, yeah. you know, again, that would be a disappointment for Barbara if she if that's the same thing, where yeah. she can get, lose the first two rounds, comes on a third. Uh, you know, I, I, I do like the UFC not throwing her a bone, though, like they throw yeah. Sean O'Malley. You know what I mean? I, and again, Mouton obviously put up a good fight. But, you know, Barbara inverse Maverick, that's, that's, that's one of the harder fights she could have. You know what I mean? So I, I do like that, though. And I like when two young fighters fight each other, like Connor and Holloway. You know, like I like when they pit the young guys. I don't like when they bring people along. So I do like this fight a lot. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to the third fight in the card. Mm -hmm. I'm actually looking forward to this one. It's a featherweight matchup that's going to pit uh, Darren Elkins, who comes in at 26-9 and nine and plus 140 uh, underdog. And he's going up against Derek Minner. Who's twenty six and eleven and is the minus one sixty five favorite? What do you think about this matchup? So you know, I didn't do I didn't do any research on this one. I just have the odds, and obviously, I've watched uh, Elkins over the years. Uh, you know, twenty six and nine versus twenty six and eleven. Obviously, both guys need a win. Uh, Elkins is a, is a slight underdog. When I looked it up this morning, it was plus one thirty. Um, Minor was negative one fifty. Your odds are a little different. Um, you know, I, I oh, hang on, my dogs. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards Elkins on his ex UFC experience, but, but he's taken a lot of damage over, over the years. Like his nickname is the damage, but he's taken a lot of damage. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards him, him getting the, the W here. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the end of his career or if it's the end of his contract coming soon. Cause he's been in the UFC for a long time, but I'm going Elkins, um, I'll, I'll go two one decision as well. Um, in a, in a, and again, Elkins always is in a pretty fun fight, even when he gets finished. So you know, I'm going to go with Elkins though. Okay. Uh, first, I got Elkins. He has no athleticism at this point in time in his yeah. career. Uh, he, he likes to throw short combinations in range, and then he backs out of range before coming back in. He's very lead foot heavy and doesn't check leg kicks. He likes the double leg takedown when his opponents are on the fence or the leg trip on the outside when he's in space. He needs to improve shooting for the takedowns from far far away. He tends to start his run of a lot like far so his opponents can kind of telegraph when he's going for the takedown. 
He has great submission defense and has great movement. He has a bad chin, and then but then he he's kind of like Nate Diaz. He has too much scar tissue right now uh, on him. Uh, just like you said, he his nickname's the damage for a reason. Yeah, he bleeds. He bleeds yeah. like Nate Diaz. Like he bleeds yeah. immediately. He walks in the ring. Elkins is bleeding. Then then you got Derek Mitter. He throws everything with intent and tends to be sloppy when in, engaging in the pocket. He likes to throw the lower calf kick a lot and has a wind-up on it, so he tends to make it a little too telegraphed. He's a really good scrambler and goes for guillotines a lot of times, but needs to pick the right time to go for him, not just spam it uh, way too much. He likes to go for the body lock into a leg trip, and he likes to go for a single leg takedown. He moves well when on top guard, and is too comfortable on his back when going for clinching. He slows down after a round and a half, and he's too aggressive early in fights. This is like a tough one for me because I don't know if you know, like in his last fight, I actually interviewed Derek Minner after he beat Charles Rosa. He basically dominated the whole fight, took him down, and Rosa's a hard guy, a hard guy to keep down. And then he locked in a bunch of uh, guillotines and rear naked chokes on him. And Rosa was able to just withstand and not tap. But he got dominated that fight. And then Rosa just came back and won. I think this is going to be a tough fight for uh, for Elkins because of his age. And I think he's just going to be able to get taken down a lot yep. early. And with the scar tissue, uh, Minnow likes to do a lot of work there. It's going to come down to like whether he can withstand that barrage of uh, guillotines on the ground. And I think he doesn't. And I actually got this as a, a Derek middle winning by round two submission. Okay. So, hey, sounds good. I, I wanted to put one dog in there and I thought, yes, yeah. it's, it's a close line. It's a close fight. And uh, you know, we'll see if experience will, will pay off or damage will, 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 will uh, be the, the end game. Cause yeah, yeah. The athleticism, like you said, and, and the damage he's taken, uh, hey, hey, he could lose by doctor stoppage as well, Elkins. That, that's yeah. always a possibility if he gets cut open by anything, right? So yeah. that's a possibility too. But I'll still stick with Elkins though. So, yeah. And then I, I was very imp- impressed with the, the cardio of Minner in the last fight because, the, like I said, he, he has cardio issues. But he looked like he was like a just like a, ro- a robot in, in that fight against Rosa. Like he just kept coming and coming all three rounds. And it's like it's either – I don't see the, the how he has that gas tank or he just might have worked on it and it's better now because he didn't slow down at all. It was just that whole fight. He was pressured on Jerusa. But if he does have issues this fight somehow with the gas tank, I would say you can pipe out live betting uh, Elkins in round three to go into round three. Say it, it, it could be somehow it could be 1-1 or 2-0, you can definitely consider Elkins round three because he'll be more of like the guy to strike on the feet when uh, Mitter's tired. I just don't see that happening now. Right. Too, you think it's too late in the fight for, for, yeah. for Elkins to be okay by then? Yeah. And definitely with the scar tissue and yeah. easily bleed. But, yeah, yeah I think it's going to be too late. Yeah. I mean, guys with this many losses, you know, if you want to take a chance in the bet, take a chance because either guy can lose, though. So, yeah, they're, they're not afraid to lose. Right. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's definitely him, which he could be. He's 38. He could be grinding down uh, his career. Uh, definitely with how he's been the past uh, few fights. 
And I think Mitters, he's he's on a high, I wouldn't say a high, but that last fight was so dominant that he his wrestling it's just ever since he joined that gym in Nebraska, he's been a different guy with uh, James Krause. Sure. But uh, let's move on to the next fight on the on the card. This is it probably is going to be the, it was the easiest fight for me to decide. This was a bantamweight matchup, which sees Cotter Phillips coming at nine and one and the minus mm-hmm. two seventy uh, favorite, and he's going up against Ryan Paeva, who is twenty and three and is the plus two twenty underdog. What do you see yeah. with this matchup? So I was looking it up right now. You know, you got the you got the Matrix, uh, Kyler Phillips. This is like what his fourth fight um, in the UFC. Um, versus, you know, it's similar similar uh, pedigree here. You know, this is this guy's fifth fight. He was in a contender series, I guess. Um, he lost to Kai Kara France, who uh, you know people love on Twitter, by the way. Um, yeah, I got I got Kyler Phillips here. You know, he's a pretty big favorite, um, nine and one. So you know. You know, he, he looking at his stuff. He has a couple finishes, but he looks like he goes to the decision a lot. So I'll, I'll go three zero him, uh, Kyler Phillips about decision. This is the easiest one for you, so I can't wait to hear what you got to say. Oh yeah, but first I got the 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 notes right here. You got Kyler Phillips. He can be pressured up on the the fence. That's one thing to knock against him. He has the karate background slash stance, and he has great striking. His movement is crisp, and he's. And he likes to go in and out with it. He usually dictates the pace in the in his fights, and he likes to throw blitz one one and twos a lot. He likes to throw spinning kicks and use the leg sweep uh, leg speed to attack his opponents first. In the takedown game, Kyler likes to go for the double leg takedown, and when on top, he has smooth transitioning into ground and pound. He has top-notch stand-up, and he has a great Brazilian jiu-jitsu game. Then you got Ryan Paeva, who likes to walk his opponents down and walk on his front foot. His movement tends to be predictable, and he uses the walk-ups to set up his shots. When striking, he usually stands in place and throws when his opponents go inside of him. He does not move his head at all off the line, so he tends to take too much damage and leaves his hands down which is just a double no in the sport he likes to lead with the right hand hook a lot Paeva's chin is very strong and he has sneaky power one thing he needs to do though is to improve his defense versus the leg kicks and then to try and get his head off the line like I said before this matchup just in itself uh, I, I'm easily leaning towards Cotter Phillips by uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to go with the round three knockout. Nice. I, I I interviewed him last month, which was probably one of my favorite interviews. Uh, he's a low key guy. He's very confident in himself, and I've done research on like his uh, fights, and usually he averages like two takedowns a day uh, a fight. I almost said game, but takedowns a fight, and then he averages anywhere from to a hundred. Uh, strikes a fight as well, so it's it's not just he's not one one dimensional. He can get you with the takedown game, and then he can get you with the striking game. But but he he has that karate background, and then what Paeva is weak against are the leg kicks. So just in this matchup, I'm going to see a lot of leg kicks uh, coming off of Phillips. He he does anywhere from like three to four different leg style that he can do. He likes to do a lot of spinning kicks. 
I just think he's going to pressure him with those, and he's going to use that to get the takedowns uh, effectively because Paeva is going to be thinking about the leg kicks and then the stand-up too much, and that's going to leave the, the his defense down for the, for the takedowns because, of course, he has his hands right down on the thing uh, like that going for his uh, offense. And he's just he's just gonna get dominated in this fight. I and if he doesn't get that uh, round three uh, knockout, it's gonna be easy three zero uh, victory for uh, for the Matrix. I do love when you like interview somebody. You are you always become like this is your, this is your guy, man. So yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take hey where we agree again. So the only one we haven't agreed on so far is Elkins, and that, and that's like a pick em, So yeah, all right. But uh, let's move on to the co-main event of the evening yeah. right here. This is a very interesting matchup. We got yeah. a women's uh, bantamweight matchup, which sees the return of Aspen Ladd from a 19-month layoff. Uh, she's coming in 9-1 and one and the minus 180 uh, favorite, and she's going up against Macy Chieson, who is 8-1 yeah. and one and the plus 155 underdog. What do right. you see in this matchup? So, yo, Ch- Chieson, like her stock – was okay with me probably tell we saw Renault fight this last yeah. weekend because her last win is Renault and Renault looked pretty bad. Um, so, you know, like that win doesn't count as much as it probably did. I think Renault was on her way to retiring and, you know, was in retirement mode, you know, last weekend. Um, now they have a common opponent in uh, Lillian Landsberg. Um, Lad beat her and Chisholm lost to her. So common opponent there. Um, and then, and then Lad, yeah, she's been out for a while. But her loss is only is to Durandame, who, you know, let, let let's not. It's hard. It's hard for me to give somebody when they get a loss to like give them props. But when she fought Nunez, like Nunez wanted to out strike her like she did uh, versus uh, Holly Holm to show she can outdo that. Like kind of like John Jones did to DC. I'm gonna out wrestle yeah. you. I can. And she had, Nunez had to change her mindset versus Durandame and take her down, which is a smart thing to do for Nunez. But nobody makes Nunez change her plans, and Durandame did. Yeah. So, you know, yes, Lad lost to her, and Durandame lost to Nunez. But, th- but that's the the pinnacle, right? So, Durandame is is uh, is a is a is a loss that you can stomach on your resume if you're Lad, and, and she's also young, Lad. You know, L- Landsberg, you know, that loss for for Chisholm is not a good loss. You know what I mean? That's not a loss that you know you can write anything home about. I mean, nothing is really good about a loss. But, uh, you know, I think. I think Lad is probably the better fighter, and you know, she's she's just really massive too. She looks so big to me. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Lad. I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll I'll throw a second round finish of some sort in there for Lad. So okay. that's what I got. What do you got? First, we got Aspen Lad. She likes to walk her opponents down and get in their face. She tends to follow them around the cage instead of cutting them off, and doesn't move her head off the line. She has a boxing background and likes to lead with the left hook and throw straight right afterwards. She has a nice leg uh, trip off of a body lock. She has a good uh, she has good aggression and has great ground and pound when she's on the ground. She is hittable at times and is too predictable with her game plan, but she can throw for a lot of volume. So she has the volume on her side. Then you got Macy Chiazon. She likes to fight in the clinch often and move forward she throws elbows and blitz one and twos she likes to use a double leg takedown and has average takedown defense 
When on top, she tends to overextend herself and puts herself in situations where she can be submitted when facing good BJJ opponents. She has good frame and natural power. She tends to get out-muscled inside. And she has poor get-ups from the mat and doesn't use her height to her advantage. I think there's like a couple of different uh, situations with this matchup that has me like thinking which way to go. First thing is, and when you look at Aspen Lad, you got to think who who her teammates are. One of her teammates is Marion Renault, who is the last person to fight uh, mm-hmm. Macy Cheese on, and then she actually had uh, Cheese on struggling against her because. Uh, I think uh, Chason lately has been doing this thing where she likes to clinch a lot and get into these hard uh, grappling fights uh, when she should just be staying there using her length, throwing a little bit of kicks, and then using the distance game. But she doesn't follow that. She hasn't for the past couple of fights. And I feel like that's going to be a bad thing for her. But then Aspen Ladd... She's been out for 19 months, so I don't know what to expect from Aspen Lad in this matchup because of the long layoff. But she could yeah. probably pick Renu's brain and then and see what she can use for that in this fight. But I think uh, if, if Lad just like follows her around the cage, I think she could get caught in some in like a bad situation if she can like catch her. Uh, like uh, where she's going, that's going to be great for her because I think uh, Lad take her down and wind up winning by ground and pound. But it's going right. to be like it's going to be a, basically a situation where who's going to get their game plan started and, and get that initiated first. Right. And will Chieson just abandon her game plan right away that like she's been doing and then just try and go into the clinch a lot? Because if she tries to go into the clinch, that's going to be Aspen Lad all day. And then that's why I'm going to go with the Aspen Lad. And then I'm going to go with the round three uh, knockout. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, you know, Chisholm is tough. I mean, like, she hasn't been finished. So yeah. we both have her getting finished, which, you know, we're both kind of going out there, I guess. Um, I guess there's our confidence in Lad. But again, that layoff is, is can make you nervous. And that's why the, 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 the betting line is probably closer than it it, it, it could be, yeah. I think, you know, and, and, you know, and at win versus Renault, I look back at Renault, Renault lost five in a row to end her career. So that's not a, that quality of a win. So yeah. yeah, I think, I think you're right. If lad gets going and her game plan is able to be implemented, then lad will probably like, you know, it, it the, the fight shouldn't be as close. No. And if she stalls or sputters, then it'll be close. And, uh, but lad could still win that too. I think the safer bet, like if you want to go safe, you go with the lad by decision because of the volume that she could put off, right. uh, which would help out. But I, I just have a feeling it's going to be a knockout. Uh, but if you want to go with the safer bet, go uh, Aspen Lad by uh, unanimous decision. Boom. Yeah. But let's move on to the main event of the evening. This is why we're here. I'm looking forward to this one easily. We got a bantamweight matchup between Corey Sanhagen, who's coming in at 14 and two, and is the minus 180 favorite. And he's going up against TJ, the Snake Dillashaw, who is 17 and four, and is the plus 155 underdog. Did you what call him the snake? Yes. Call him snake? 
right. Is that, that's not a real nickname, right? No, no. That's just my nickname. All right. Yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, you know, that picture, he looks real young in the picture, too, that you have up. So so TJ really dis- is a disappointment for me in my MMA fandom. Um, yeah. I've won some money off him when he won the title versus uh, – who did he win it off of? Uh, Cruz. No, it wasn't Cruz. Uh, uh, won- Garbrandt, Garbrandt, Garbrandt. No, it wasn't Garbrandt. He won the title off the Brazilian guy who who was who was doing really well at the time. He knocked him out. He was a big underdog. Uh, TJ was a mine uh, oh, plus oh, like oh Ren, wasn't it Renan Barea? Renan Barrow. Henan Barrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he won off Henan Barrow. He was a big underdog, just so you know, when he came into that fight. And I won money on that because I had faith in TJ then. Then um, what really annoys me as a Jersey guy is that you know, and, and I was just talking to somebody. I'm doing something. I was talking to somebody on, on uh, online about this, uh, how high his EPO levels are, and, and uh, you have to wait till I'm done. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, what I'm disappointed about is he's showing his refrigerator, and in his refrigerator, he's got all these like little containers of like how his diet is and how he's yeah. changed his diet. He's just really like lying to me, like to my face, you know, like showing his his uh his refrigerator and you know like showing how he's like changed his ways of of how dieting and getting getting all this oriented and I, I feel like like I don't like I don't like when I saw that kind of stuff you know you get popped for for performance enhancement one thing but like you're like lying to me uh, I was a fan of his I can't I really have a hard time even like looking at him now because of how high his EPO levels were he reminds me of Antonio Margarito from boxing yes. where his levels are so high he's trying to hurt a coworker. And like these guys are coworkers, you know what I mean? Like these guys work together. Yes, Derek Lewis isn't going to be pulled off of Curtis Blades until the ref stumps in because that's his job, even though he could hurt Curtis, right? But like when you like wrap your gloves in cement or take that level of EPO, you know, you're not masking another drug like like a, a recreational drug. You're like on EPO to the gills. I feel like you're really trying to hurt your your opponent who you who is your coworker. So I got I don't have a lot of uh, even if it's Henry Cejudo by the way. You know I don't really have a lot of uh, patience for the snake uh, Dillashaw. Um, that being said, Corey did knee my Jersey man uh, Frankie Edgar's head into orbit. Um, I'm hoping Sanhagen will do that to Dillashaw. Uh, Dillashaw is similar size to to Edgar. You know he's like a you know he's you know. He's he's not a lar- he's not tall he's not large you know I guess he's a little taller than Frankie but I'm hoping Sandhagen does the same thing. This is a strength that I don't like TJ. I can never forgive him for for his EPO. Even if he wins this fight, I'm not going to be a TJ fan. I'll never bet on him. I'll never say much positive about him. Uh, I don't like him. So uh, Sandhagen is a minus 190 from DraftKings this morning. Um, I have him knocking out Dillashaw in the second, and and I do think that. You know, when these guys come off EPO, when they, when USADA first came in, D-Bake, a lot of the Brazilians were on it, and there was Americans too, but the Brazilians almost didn't know how to fight without having it. They had to, like, refine themselves, and only a couple were able to do it. RDA, I think, you know, I never popped for it, but, like, a lot of those Brazilians, like, this is part of their stuff, and I feel like Dillashaw, we're going to see what he's really about, and I yeah. hope he's about getting his head knocked off. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, but first, uh, I got Corey Sandhagen. He has been very active in the last couple of years. He likes to switch his stances often to give you several looks, and he uses a lot of feints. He always fights on the front foot and throws a jab to keep the opponents on their back foot. He mixes strikes up every fight so he doesn't repeat the same pattern, and he attacks all levels of your body. He tends to leave his hands low, but he has great vision. 
Sanhagen likes to fight on the outside and throw low cap kicks. He tends to back up in the straight line when you when being pushed back. So that's something that he needs to not do in this fight. It could be something that affects him more negative than positive. He doesn't have good takedown defense on paper, but uses scrambles as a way to avoid them and then to get back up if he gets taken down. And he is usually out in the open when he does that. He has good cardio uh, vision and footwork, but then his, his chin is decent and striking defense is really good for his height. You get these guys that are big, but then they, they are very susceptible to knockouts because of it, because people can game plan a certain way to hit their chin, but he's not one of those guys. Then you got TJ Dillashaw. He's coming in. This is his first fight coming back from the suspension. He likes to move around a lot, uses a lot of feints and switches stances from time to time, but it's more of not just very often in certain situations. He has a good tendency to drag fighters into his game plan. He slows the pace down and uses more technique. He, he does most of his work in the pocket and looks for the counter too. He goes for odd entries to get into the pocket and throw his head kick and counters. He uses the switch stance, like I said before, to help close distance and then use body kicks right away when close. His striking defense is really good. He uses a wide base while fighting and tends to eat too many kicks. He has a habit of being open for takedowns when he throws his naked kicks. And then TJ likes to change levels on takedowns and go for reactive doubles. He's a hard fighter to keep on the mat, and he has work to do on top guard where he only goes for ground and pound. But then he has a great IQ, great instinct, and good cardio. Uh, in this matchup, though, like this this was kind of tough for me at first because even through all that that uh, uh, TJ Dillashaw has, has done like with the steroids and how is he going to be, he still has the traits of being a good fighter. He has the cardio, the speed. Is the 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 strength? He has it all, but in this matchup, it's going to be tough because Sanhagen has the height and yes. he knows how to use it. Yeah, and then he's just he's just tough as nails. He takes everything. The one weakness that I think uh, Sanhagen have is he always leaves his back available. That's how uh, Sterling beat him was. He was able to get to his back and then submit him. Uh, but but before that, Saint Hagen was looking pretty good at them. He came yeah. back, he he freaking pieced up Edgar with that knee, and right. he he has looked good uh, just in general. Yeah, I, I, I think one thing Saint Hagen does have to watch out for is when, like I said, when he's moving backwards. Maybe this is the fight we see T.J. Dillashaw use the takedowns. Him because when he moves back, he could be taken down. Yeah. yeah. And that would be a weakness for St. Hagen. But I think just at the end of the day, it's like with just the, the, the craziness of stuff that he puts out and he never t like repeats what he does, it's going to be hard for me to go against St. Hagen in this matchup. But I think yeah. because he's active and we don't know how Dershaw is since the suspension and this is going to be his first fight back. And there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with him. So, like, for me, I'm going to round four knockout by Sanhagen. I think he's going to be able to just 
do a lot of damage. He's going to nice. attack the whole body. He's going to pressure forward onto Dillashaw. And then at times, he's going to just use his length. He's going to use his length, hit him from a distance. And then the, the big thing I like is he was talking about when he gets, he gets into like this wide stance, Dillashaw. If he does that a lot, it's going to be a lot of leg kicks by Sanhagen. He's just right. going to hit those legs and try and slow him down. It's just a lot of like a lot of different things that Sanhagen can bring to the table that we don't know how TJ Dillashaw is going to be now that he he's not on the, the juice now. Right. So I mean, I'd like to I mean, if, he, if, he, if he does, if, if, if TJ does win this one, again, this is not a bone thrown again yeah. to somebody like Sandhagen is dynamic. His angles yeah. are, are really good. The, the only saving thing for TJ is like, it, it, I was thinking about him versus like versus like an Edgar, but Edgar, yeah. Edgar is is a small like short armed fighter like like TJ has long arms like TJ fights longer than he than he's built so so he has like a freakish like length to him so that could save him a bit versus Sandhagen but I hope it goes how you're saying a lot of damage and then the fourth round you know the game is the game has evolved since the two years he's been out and and the guys like Sandhagen maybe are the evolution so I'm hoping you're right and a fourth round stoppage would be even sweeter. Then a second round stoppage because that means TJ the snake would be getting beat up pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And then for Sanhagen, uh, like, like he just has to be like, okay, keep the distance, and then I can pick my times to go go in and attack him because that that's basically what Doshar is going to do. He's going to try and pinpoint when he can get inside and then right. attack him. But it, that's the thing that uh, Sanhagen's really good uh, defending against, and I think. Just use that height, use the legs, and then go inside and then just just beat him up, and then uh, he, he should be able to do that. But if, right. if you if, if you want to get if you want if you feel like uh, TJ Dillashaw will win, the like one thing I would think of is looking to uh, like a a late uh, submission by uh, Dillashaw. Right. I would look into that like a win for Dillashaw by submission right. off the back. You I wonder what's the spread. That. What's the spread on Dillashaw by by uh, submission? Because that that could be some money in that if if you're willing yeah. to make money off TJ, which which hey maybe eventually I'll get to the point where I'm okay with making money off TJ. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. Got a long way to go. But uh, that's that's a thing to keep uh, like a, a mind off. But like like just like you said, we're going by like a knockout by Saint Hagen. That would yeah. be like the the top there. Then yeah. it would be uh, Dillashaw by submission if you're just not confident in San Egan, which I wouldn't right. know why, but some people are confident in him. And then I would tell them, shoot for Dillashaw by submission because that's a, the back is a weakness for uh, for our guy, Corey San Egan. Right. But uh, that will wrap up this uh, preview of UFC uh, Vegas this Saturday night. On ESPN Plus, I believe it is. I and I think it's an early card too. Yeah, and 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 there's also a great Bellator on. So yeah. I've always promoted my Bellator. Bellator's two best fighters are fighting uh, that they have in the stable. McKee and Pitbull are fighting each other Saturday. I think that's after the UFC, possibly. So tune into that too, fight fan. That's going to be a great Bellator fight. I mean, they got that's they rarely t- they actually, put up their that, two best actually it, it works out better because I think that's next week. Is it? I think it's the 31st. Oh, let me see that. Let's just check that real quick. Yeah, I think that's and, and, the... It, it, Bell tour. 
which would make it even better. Uh, yes, it's the 31st. Okay, all right. So even better yeah. then. So we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, two six three. Yep, you're right. Yeah. July thirty first. I'm wrong. Don't tune into that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, but definitely check out next week because I'm going to be putting yeah. out a video for that of my okay. of of my preview, and then I'm sad that uh, Rufian Stotts and Magomed it just got canceled for that. Yeah. Uh, they didn't say why, but that was going to be on the the main card uh, okay. for that fight. So. Uh, uh, I'll if I figure out why I'll put I'll post on the the Twitter handle okay. and let everybody know, but it's undisclosed ever now. But uh, yeah, just tune in this Saturday for UFC Vegas for all of our picks uh, that we have on here. I'm going to be coming on Monday to uh, recap it, so I can let you guys know how good or how bad I did. I've been doing good the past month, all right. so so definitely. Check that out. Check New Jersey Insight on his Twitter handle right there at New Jersey MMA Insight. Follow his uh, page. Check him out. Check his shirt out. He he's been making yeah. shirts. I got his shirt. Uh, yeah. I, I wore it the other day. So check that out. Check my merch you out. Get your shirt. I'll get your shirt soon. Yeah. I haven't got your shirt yet, but it's it's it's, it's next up on my list to get. And yeah. check out my girl Elise Reed. And make sure you make this a clip yeah. for us. I can retweet it because Elise only has 150 followers on Twitter. Yeah. You can follow me back at Elise. I'm after you. But that being said, get in early on these fighters. If she wins this weekend, it's going to yeah. be like a Mouton thing where Mouton has 23,000 followers. You want to get in Elise Reed early on Twitter. Yes. Get to her. Get in there. Get an early follow. You know, I'm I'm follower 145 of her. When she's up there doing big <laughs> things, you're going to be regretting what I'm saying. Yeah. So. There you go, Cage. Thanks for having me on, by the way. It's always good to be No problem. And then let me give a shout-out to my sponsors on here before we leave. First, I got 99jersey.com. Use promo code SPORTSBOXSHOW20 at checkout to receive 20% off your next purchase. Then we got Odds Jam. Uh, just go to the link in our bio, click the link, sign up, and then watch as you never miss a bet again. Oz Jam is the place to go if you're just learning to make bets. They have several different lines from different places that you can choose from for the certain bet you want. So once again, go to the link in the bio of this video, click it, sign up, and then enjoy the ravishes of never losing a bet again. And then lastly, we got High Tide Herbal. Use promo code CAGEMYIQ10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. High Tide Herbal is owned by owners and athletes who specialize in speedy recovery. All their products have CBD oil in them. And then their, the whole mindset of creating this, uh, this company was, just like I said, to help athletes recover faster. So use promo code CAGEMYQ10 at www.hightideherbal.com and then let them know what you think of everything on there. But once again, this was Cage My IQ. This was the UFC Vegas 32, Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw preview show. I was I am your host, D Bake. This was my co-host for the night, New Jersey MMA Insight. Hit him up, hit me up, comment on this video, hit the like button, let us know what you think, and we will talk to you guys later. Have Enjoy a nice night. Enjoy the fights, guys. Yep. All right.
muted at the end. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, my.